0: Welcome in on this Friday as we finish up in First uh, John uh, today. We're in First John chapter 5. John's going to summarize everything he's been teaching us and and bring us uh, his, his message to us. So let's start out in the, in the first part of First uh, John. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Remind me right away, if you go back to John's Gospel in chapter 3, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, Jesus says to him, you must be born again. Um, and later on in Scripture, talking about being born of water and of the Spirit, or I think uh, Jesus refers that to that in John chapter 3. So he's talking about our baptism. And think about it, we're, when we're born, I, I mean, I'm here at my daughter's house, obviously, and, and a new child has been born, little Trey Michael. He's been born into the Schuster family. Well, he's going to re- be reborn again in his baptism. That's the way the Bible describes that. Uh, to be a child of God. Uh, being born into this world means he's a part of an earthly family. But in baptism, we're born into God's family. We become a child of God. We receive God's Holy Spirit. The forgiveness of sins comes to us, which is uh, what Jesus won for us on the cross. Paul says that in Acts 2.38, that in baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit and we receive the gift of forgiveness too. Um, so we're brought into, uh, into his family. And then he says... Uh, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we obey his commandments. God loves us, so he gives us the commandments. That's what he says in verse 3. But this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Now, you remember this from studying the Old Testament. Commandments, rather than looking at them as a list of do's and don'ts, it's a good list of do's and don'ts. God's trying to warn us. He's trying to tell, or he's telling us in the first three commandments, You need to have me as your God, because any other God is going to let you down. He's going to fail you. It's not really a God. And then the rest of the commandments, he talks about how important it is, uh, uh, understanding authority, uh, not taking life, uh, not stealing property. Remember how important reputation is and how our wanting can get out of control. These commandments are given to us in love. God knows that if we don't keep them, it's going to cause chaos, and and we need those. So think of those as coming from God. And he said, verse 4, for everyone has been born of God overcomes the world. How do you overcome the world? Well, by not being caught into, well, I'm going to be selfish, so I'm going to take someone's life, or I'm going to be selfish, so I'm going to take someone else's property. That's a chaotic world. Um, but what God leads us toward is a, world that, uh, is a world that really is a beautiful place where there's harmony, where there's peace, where I'm not worried about things, uh, and, and that only comes from God. And then notice what he says, overcomes the world then. Rather than looking at that, seeing the commandment says, oh, my gosh, um, if I don't keep them, I'm not going to be saved or they're going to damn me, which they will. So what overcomes that? It's not by me getting it right and fixing it myself. No, it's by having faith in Jesus Christ that he has come to fix that for me, that he's come to win me forgiveness for the times that I do fall short, which I do, uh, and where where he gives me uh, life. And then he just reiterates again at the end of the chapter that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you look just at those first five verses, you see the depth of our, our Christian doctrine and teaching. You know, where do we come up with this, that Jesus is true God and true man, that, that he that he was born to Mary, that a virgin Mary, and all that. Well, it's taught here in Scripture. The Bible teaches that all to us and certainly teaches something unique about God. I talked about that yesterday. Now, the Christian faith is the only faith The the only religion that talks about their God, the son of their God coming into the world, becoming part of his own creation, that's unique to Christianity. And again, we don't make this stuff up ourselves. This is what Scripture teaches, which is why you need to be in the Word, and you you are blessed by being in that Word. Because what what you discover, what I discovered especially, is that all those things that I was taught as a child are really true. They're right here uh, in Scripture. Then he talks again about who this Jesus is, so we're so we're not uh, unsure about that. And he says, uh, this Jesus is the one that came by water and by blood. And then later on, he says that these three testify that Jesus truly is the Christ, so the Messiah, the promised one of God. And what are they? They're the Holy Spirit who works faith in our hearts, the Holy Spirit who, who brings us to that faith, the Holy Spirit comes to us in our baptism. And then he says, water and blood. Well, Jesus' ministry started with his with the water, with the, with his baptism. Check that out in the Gospels. But it wasn't in, uh, completed until, or, and it was completed then by the shedding of his blood on the cross. And you might even look at that today as we we receive um, uh, God's gifts to us from the water, from baptism. Through baptism, we were also also receiving by receiving the very body and blood of Jesus Christ giving his life for us in the Lord's Supper. So we continue to practice that faith too, by being in the Word, like we are right now, uh, by being baptized and by coming to uh, coming to the Lord's Supper. Uh, and that's the uh, truth. Then he sums it up in the end, uh, the just the way he started. At the beginning he in first John he says, I want you to know and to believe that this is the Christ. And look at verse four verse thirteen. I write these things to you that you may believe the most important thing in the name of the Son of God and that you may have eternal life. Go to the end of John's gospel, John 20, verse 31. And John says, that's the reason that I wrote this gospel. Then he brings in again this relationship that we have with God. And the relationship with God God, um, is is lived out, especially in prayer. That's where God reshapes us. Remember, prayer is not our way to inform God. God already knows everything. Prayer is intended to to change us, to change our will, as we say in the Lord's prayer, Um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as jesus modeled that in gethsemane where he said my will not yours Uh, so this is certainly not saying everything we ask for we're going to get no what god wants to do in the asking is to strengthen our relationship with him to remind us that we're dependent upon him we can do nothing without him and to reshape our will so that our will is in line with his so truly everything we ask according to his will um, is going to uh, happen and then he, he warns him at the very end about sin, about how we need to be very serious about sin. Uh, Committing sin can lead to death, he says in verse sixteen. And then uh, he brings up something that oftentimes has been misunderstood, and that is that there's a sin that leads to death. Or some uh, sometimes you even hear some talk about the seven deadly sins. Well, what he's saying there is that that we don't if we don't take sin seriously, if we don't confess that sin and receive God's forgiveness, it's going to kill us. It is literally going to drag us to hell. We need to take that seriously. But notice how he how ends by saying um, there, there is a sin that does not lead us to death. And of course, that's not any particular sin, but, but sins that are confessed to God, if we're truly sorry for our sins. In other words, if someone were to come to me and say, Pastor, I think I've committed the unforgivable sin and, I, and I'm concerned about that. I said, the very fact that you're concerned about that says you have not committed a sin that leads to death eternal. You understand, you need to repent and come back to God. Um, and then he, he uh, ends the chapter and uh, the book by saying, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, not understanding you're getting by being in the Word like you are right now. And most important things to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is true God. That eternal life comes through him. And then the warning then uh, to abstain from, uh, keep away from any kind of idols It's simply when you think about an idol, an idol of anything where I put I, idol, I put myself before God. I do only what I want and I please and I set my own right or wrong. That's an idol. Anything we place our hope and trust in, in that is an idol. Um, We don't have idols. We have one Lord and that is Jesus Christ. So what a great book uh, to reiterate this the emphasis upon faith and upon love in our lives, upon upon believing and about on doing the works that God calls us to do, about being loved by God and then having that love show forth in our life. Um, and I'm sure you see a lot of other connections too. So God bless you. Should continue to to read. Uh, we'll move on to Second John uh, tomorrow.